So anyway, lots of really great teaching and all oh. things all week long. So um, uh, this one, I hope, will help us kind of wrap things together. But I always wonder about these workshops and who, who, it, is that's, who it is that's talking and stuff. So let me, let me introduce myself a little bit. My name is Greg Swinney. I live in Nebraska, right in the middle part of the country. I tell people... What somebody was asking me at uh, lunch the other day, where are you from? And I live in Kearney, Nebraska, which is it's 1,700 miles to San Francisco okay. and 1,700 miles to Boston. And so they said, where are you from? I said, I'm from Central America. And I don't know how else to say it. I just think I'm from Central America. But uh, I told them, I live in the middle of some of the best beaches anywhere because 1,700 miles that way is a beach and 1,700 miles that way is a beach and I'm right in the middle. So... But this is a little bit about my family. I have uh, two kids. Uh, my daughter, Beth, um, uh, is a trainer for a big company, and she, um, uh, she has a lot of fun. She travels and does stuff with technology and security of banking or something. I have no clue. And even, I don't know if she does. She comes home, and I say, what did you do this week? And she said, I really don't know. <laughs> so, and I have a son, Nathan. He, uh, Lori and I have a son, Nathan. His he crammed four years of college into seven. And uh, he, but he worked his way through, and when he graduated, he was debt free. So I was so proud of him. So even though it took him a little bit longer, he paid his way through, and I was really glad. So he was in Mexico there on one of our short term mission trips where we took a lot, we take a lot of college students on short term mission trips. My dad um, is 91 years old, and and still just doing great. He likes driving those old, you know those old green John Deere tractors. So he just likes doing that. So, and, and don't tell anybody, I, this will go on the podcast, don't tell anybody, but everybody else on the podcast will hear one thing. I actually had to drive one of those tractors in an old parade once, and uh, I was always worried if anybody was gonna see me. And I'm, I've been married for 40, <laughs> a little bit over 40 years, to my wife, Lori. And Lori is an accounting professor, and she, um, uh, she's been teaching accounting at the University of Nebraska at Kearney for a long time. I tell people, uh, I think the reason she married me and teaches accounting are exactly the same thing. She just, she likes being around good figures. And so, <laughs> so anyway, um, could you help me Nancy, a little bit, just give everybody one of these, please, if you wouldn't mind. And this is a handout for our workshop today, and I'm hoping that this will jumpstart some of our thinking. There's a few more. Hope this will jumpstart some of our thinking for uh, our thoughts today. Um, while she's doing that, I, I was going to tell you, we had, you have, you've been sitting in sessions, and you didn't hear the news about the Pillsbury Doughboy who died this week. Did you hear that? Um, he... Uh, what they said on the news was he died from an acute uh, yeast infection, from repeated pokes in the belly. And uh, the newspaper story was really interesting. It said, you know, he rose to fame really quickly, but he had a lot of flaky ideas. And, uh, and at his funeral was Aunt Jemima and uh, the California Raisins, and they just went on and on about what a great role model he was. Role model. He was. <laughs> but anyway, um, they, they talked a lot about him. And I, I guess the newspaper story, and they said they buried him in a lightly greased coffin. And it was at 350 for about 20 minutes. So, oh, gee. 
We have to use a little bit of this just to keep us awake this late, this uh, after all our good sessions this morning already. But let's talk about this. I I haven't really been to a conference or a seminar. You know, this whole thing about the Holy Spirit. Um, this is the first time the Pepperdine Bible Lectures have done anything like this, and. And it's just, you know, we don't talk about it. Have, I mean, have you seen other ones printed or they've been uh, invitations online to come to this seminar and we just, don't, we just don't talk about it that much. So what I'd like for you to do is, maybe there's somebody sitting next to you or close by you or something, I'm gonna give you one minute to say why, and, and this is all, you can make some notes on your handout if you'd like, why is this something that we just kinda don't, you know, we just don't, talk about, you know, uh, it's just, why, why is that? Why is it taking years for this topic to come up? So you get one minute, okay? Go, one minute. What do you think? Do you have any ideas? Um, I think that um, it's just, you know, sometimes we don't want to think of it about 30 seconds left. Get about 30 seconds. Okay, let's kind of gather our thoughts a little bit. Let's uh let's let, let's gather our thoughts a little bit about this. What do you think about this? Why don't we, why don't we talk about this more? Why isn't, why is it uh, taking this long for there to be uh, a Pepperdine Bible lecture about this topic? What do you think? What did you say in your in your group or your small uh, neighbor nudge thing? What do you think? Um, so my neighbor did say something which was true. I feel like um, she just said that we maybe we may not want to look weird because we're talking about a spirit mm -hmm. um and you know people are always thinking about it should yeah. be a person and not like the spirit leading mm -hmm. us right right yeah. does, does that make sense <laughs> is that kind of what you said what else do you think what do you think rod if, if most of our backgrounds is church of christ sure uh, we were brought up with the doctrine that uh, basically the scripture was given and then the holy spirit we don't really have to talk about him a lot because we can find yeah. him in scripture and That's therefore We've been the people of the word. That's called cessationist theology. That's what they call that. That this the this real uh, inspirational work of the Holy Spirit ceased when the New Testament was complete. So that, that there's some that teach that. I, I went to a real respected seminary. I have a master's degree in New Testament studies. I um, I had to study Greek for four years, and uh, and uh, I have to be honest. Uh, there's one of my professors, he told me more about what the Holy Spirit didn't do than what the Holy Spirit did do. So, and it's kind of confusing. So I really feel like the, um, the, the passage, in, it's in Acts 2.12 where this, the Holy Spirit was imparted to these, uh, to these apostles, these disciples, and they, and they started to speak in tongues and things. And, and there's a verse in, in Acts, Acts chapter 
2 verse 12 that says they were amazed and perplexed. Uh, some versions say amazed and confused. Well, that's, that's me. I'm, I'm amazed when people say there's these wonderful things, but I'm really confused because it's very mysterious. And why doesn't that happen in our church? What, what's all this? So, so I, I've been studying this for about six months because the confusion part is big. The amazed part is big too, but amazed and confused. But honestly, sometimes we don't talk about this because we've had a bad experience. When I was about 18, I was going to a youth retreat and there was a fellow in the car with us who was, he wasn't, char- he wasn't, he wasn't charismatic, he was a charismaniac. And he pretty much said, if you don't speak in tongues, you're going to hell. And at 18, that really, you know, I just thought, I don't wanna, this is just too divisive, too confusing, too, and so we've just kind of put it on the shelf, which is unfortunate. And I've really been blessed by the sermons on, uh, at the, at the Firestone Fieldhouse and others where people have said, hey, this is something that really empowers us today. So what I'm hoping, um, this fellow's name was Richard. I, I hope if there have been Richards in your life, you'll be able to kind of unplug from that. So I, I work with international students and uh, international students at universities all around the United States. And when they come, they say, um, all they know about Christians is what they see on television. And you know what, what we're, how we're shown on TV. Mm-hmm. Narrow-minded and we are prejudiced. We're just so bad. And so when they come, I say, tell me what you think about Christians. And they said, oh, we, we don't want to be too close to Christians because they are very judgmental and they always want money. And, and I said, oh, I wouldn't have anything to do with Christians that way either. And they said, but you are. Yeah, I said, oh, it, well, Christians aren't, Christians aren't that. They're this. They're something else. They aren't that. That might be what you saw on TV or culture or something else, but, but I say what Christians really are is not that, but, um, but Christians, are, Christians are this. So here's what I want us to think about on this Holy Spirit workshop while we're talking. Some of the things that you have heard before, I want you to know, the Holy Spirit, like Rich, the Richard, who really, uh, really gave me a lot of heartache, it's not that. But what it is is this. It's something else. So it's not that. Let's look at what it. Well, let's look at what it really is. So, now um, the uh, the Bible talks about. This is something else. I, if we do a few random things at first, is that okay with you? Is, is that all right? It's so interesting when we read the Bible. Where it says, "Choose, choose from among you seven men full of the Holy Spirit," or they'd say, "And Peter, full of the Holy Spirit," and they or they they describe someone and say. This, he was full of the Holy Spirit. You know, I have never heard anybody describe that way in our churches, have you? You know, they might say, well, he's sure a nice guy, or boy, doesn't she have a gentle spirit? But have you ever heard someone say, boy, that, you know, that elder in our church, he's really full of the Spirit. We don't say that. But in the Bible, it was common. Boy, that person's really full of the Spirit. So I want you to do one more thing. This is a spark plug sentence. You know, spark plug is something that kind of sparks things off. For me, being filled with the Holy Spirit, what does that mean to you? Does it mean, oh, you're just really a kind person? See, I don't think we know because we don't describe people that way. So I'm going to give you one more minute. I want you to talk with your neighbor. What, is, what on earth does that mean to be filled 
What does that mean? I, I've asked, listen, I want, this is not an easy question. I've asked ministers that, and they say, well, it means you have love and joy in your life. I said, oh, you're talking about, you mean filled with the fruit of the Spirit. Well, they said, no, well, yeah, no, yeah, it's so hard. So help me think a little bit today, will you? Okay, one minute, you get one minute. Go, what does it mean for me to be filled? Got about 30 seconds. About 30 seconds left. Sacred Startups. This is on. Please join us. We're kind of just talking in a few groups right now, but we're just about done. There you go. There's the chair right there. Okay, here we go. What on earth is this? Oh, oh, it's okay. We'll ha we'll get it to another person. Thank you. Um, what? Uh, what does this mean to you? What is it? If you if somebody said to you, you know that that Bob over there at the church, he's he's really filled with the Spirit. What does what does that look like to you? What do you, what do you think? Hmm. They describe people this way in the Bible a lot. Choose seven men full of the Holy Spirit. Well, they must have seen something. So what does that mean to you? Tell me just two or three things what that might mean. To me, it means that I'm in power. I have that Holy Spirit living in me, and that's the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. Amen. That's the scriptural passage, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, what do you think? Last night I was learning in a class in, in Ephesians where it says instead, he says the commandment was be, be filled with the Holy Spirit, that to drink it in, mm -hmm. and then the rest of them are... Uh, what comes of that, and that's where it was singing, giving thanks, submitting to one another. Those were participles he fed, which great idea. English, but but that would let me see. He said the commandments to be filled. So if someone's filled, I would suspect we would see those things: mm -hmm. singing and being thankful and and uh, submitting. To one that another. is a really good insight, isn't it? 
Somebody who is always complaining, uh, church went too long today, or it's too cold in here. No one says, wow, they're really filled with the Spirit, aren't they? No one says that, do they? Um, another one you might think of is this kind of a holy boldness. Because it says, Peter, uh, filled with the Holy Spirit, stood up and spoke. So is that what you're thinking? It's, it's this verbalizing thing. They're, they're not afraid to say something. There's an energy there's an energy there. A boldness, isn't there? And uh, boy, I hope some, hope someday somebody will describe me that way. You know, he's, it just seemed like he, when he talked with his friend, or whatever, he just had this boldness. And he was, wouldn't that be a great way if, if someone would describe us that way? So I, I just wanted you to think about that because, honestly, I've asked a handful of ministers in churches, what does it mean to be filled with the Spirit? And they say, we don't know. Yeah. It means you're, we don't know. So, for the fruits of the Holy Spirit? Some, yeah, there's fruits of the Holy Spirit, love and joy and peace and patience. But um, it actually didn't say in the Bible, choose seven men of, from among you full of the fruits of the Holy Spirit. It said full of the Holy Spirit. So I think maybe there's something different. So anyway, um, first of all, I want to do a little bit of myth busting. And we've done that this week a little bit. Holy Spirit is not an it. It's not just this impersonal, uh, the, the Holy Spirit is described in the Bible as a person, that we relate to as a person, that we can, uh, you know, almost interact with or talk with or, or converse with. So the Holy Spirit is not a, is not an it. The Holy Spirit's really described as a person. And uh, the other thing that's uh, not true is the Holy Spirit is not just some symbol, some kind of symbolic thing. Um, on your handout, it says, what, this part where it says, what do you make of the numbers? Isn't this an interesting survey that was done by Barna Research? 49% of the people uh, that they surveyed said the Holy Spirit's only a symbol. So half of the people, mm. half of the Christians they interviewed said, yeah, it's just a symbolic thing. And, and they, they might even say the devil's just kind of a symbol of evil, but not a real force. Uh, but... But it's an interesting, it's not only a symbol, not a living entity, just a symbol, but they agree that the Bible is totally accurate in all its principles, even though the Bible clearly describes the Holy Spirit as more than a symbolic reference to God's power or presence. Isn't that interesting? Half of the people in the churches they surveyed said the Holy Spirit's just kind of a symbolic thing. And isn't it, isn't it ironic that when Jesus, that they were launching the church, he said, you are going to receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. Well, that's, if, it's, if that's just symbolic, it's no wonder that some of our churches are kind of plodding and struggling. You see what I'm saying? Amen. What do you think about that? I mean, the leather-bound doctrine that, that we're so afraid of, of, of being Pentecostalish that we're, we, we will, we'll go to the other extreme. So if, left, if Pentecostal is leftism and that's evil, then mm -hmm. the righteous thing is to go as far right as we can. So that means that we have to see the, Bible, the, the Holy Spirit as being leather-bound. They say that the only work the Holy Spirit does in our lives is when we read the Bible and we obey the Bible, that's it, period. Yeah, I hope we've learned this week that it's really more than that. Yeah. I mean, this whole filling thing. So, But, but, yes, um, but it is mysterious. I'm still confused. It's, you know, and, and when, I read, um, when I read in the old King James <coughs> Version where it talks about the Holy Ghost, that's creepy. That's creepy to me because you know the movies that come out that are the uh, creepy, you know, paranormal. It's like I, I just I lay awake nights worrying about those kind of movies. 
So when the Bible says it's the Holy Ghost, we think, ah, oh, we're as mysterious. We have, we have kind of an aversion to study this Holy Ghost. So let me tell you um, what the Bible uh, literally, trans, uh, literally would be translated as. In the, in the Old Testament, it's, um, it, it is this word breath. It is the breath. It's like the wind, the breath of God. And, and uh, the, the King James translators had no word and the breath of God moved along the waters, so they just called it the Holy Ghost. Now in the New Testament, the Greek word uh, that maybe you've studied um, is parakletos, which actually it means, um, it means parakletos, which is the word stand alongside, to stand alongside someone. So it's translated in John as the comforter. Isn't that a nice picture, the advocate? who stands alongside. Actually, there's a list. Oh yeah, grab some of those handouts if you need some more for uh, folks that just walked in. Uh, in this lower uh, right-hand corner, it says sometimes it's translated advocate. The New International Version says uh, parakletos is an advocate, like almost a legal sense where you are on trial and someone's, your lawyer is standing alongside to help you. So that's, that's kind of an interesting uh, picture. Uh, comforter in the King James Version or the Revised Standard. The, the message, which is not really a translation, it's more of a paraphrase, says friend, and, and God will send you a friend. I kind of like that one, even though it's not totally accurate. It's a great picture because I have friends who just stand alongside me. I like that picture. And actually, the J.B. Phillips is the most accurate of all because it translates uh, Parakletos as but God will send someone who stands beside you. Isn't that cool? I really, really like that. So, so it's interesting to me that um, these translations kind of give things a little bit different, and they give a different view. So what I'm, what I'm hoping that we can do is we have all these kinds of ideas and things, but if for just a few minutes now until um, we're done, if you kind of give us, if you kind of give me a blank page so we can just start filling in some things what the Bible says about this Holy Spirit thing, and all we learned this week, I heard, a, I heard one of the speakers say, let me unpack these verses. But what I'd like to do in this time is pack them back together so we can take them with us uh, and really apply them and use them. So um, the, uh, we're all about startups. Uh, magazines say, here's a new startup for businesses. And I've, I hear people say, the food's been so good here, as soon as I get home, I'm gonna start my new diet. Or somebody says, the weather's getting better in Nebraska now, we're gonna start our new uh, workout plan. We're all about starting things. I wanna start this new, and, and even some of the sermons we're saying, will you start doing this? So, it's interesting to me, really fascinating, that when we look at what the Holy Spirit does in scripture helps things start. Now I'm gonna, I, some of you have some of my scribbly writing. I, I think I studied penmanship in medical college. My, my penmanship's not so good. But these, uh, on the second page of your handout, there's a little graph here. Those passages are not directly, you're gonna have to draw the line. You're gonna have, I, I, I want you to make the connection because as we read these, I want you to make the connection in your mind what is the Holy Spirit doing in this story? So if somebody has Acts 6-3, does anybody have Acts 6-3?
Would you mind reading that for us? You can read it from your Bible if you'd like. Um, I just uh, uh, wrote them down in case people didn't have their Bible. Acts 6.3. Brothers and sisters, choose from among you seven men who are known to be full of the Spirit and wisdom. Ah, so on the column on the left, what's going on there? It's not creation, obviously. Leadership. Leadership for the church. Isn't this interesting? The first time they selected leaders for the church, the Holy Spirit was in the process of the leadership of the church. Um, sometimes today we don't do that. We say, do they come to church? Per- do, they, do they come to Sunday night? Do they come to Wednesday night? Well, they must be okay then. But here, the first leaders of the church were selected because the Holy Spirit was in this process. So first leaders in the church, Holy Spirit led. Now, how about Acts 10.45? Somebody have that one? The circumcised believers who had come with Peter were astonished that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on Gentiles. Whoa. What's going on there? On your column on the left? Gentiles welcomed. Up until this point, it was, it was just a Jewish church. But the first time it was open to people like me, the Holy Spirit was making it happen. Isn't this interesting? So the leadership started when the Holy Spirit was working. Open to Gentiles, Holy Spirit was moving. Okay, how about Matthew 3.16? Go ahead. Uh Okay. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was open, and he saw the spirit of... Descend. Okay. Oh, of God descending. I'm sorry, I'm reading your writing. (laughs) Of God descending (laughs) like a dove and alighting on him. Okay. Jesus, this is the first... This is when Jesus' ministry is brand new. It's going to start up, and guess what? The Holy Spirit's present in the startup. So, where are you going to draw the line there? Beginning of Jesus' ministry. The second one from uh, down on the left. Beginning of Jesus' ministry. Revelation twenty-two seventeen. Got it. The Spirit and the Bride say, "Come, let each one who hears uh, them say, come. Let the thirsty ones come. Anyone who wants to, let them come and drink the water of life without charge." Here we go. The second coming. When the second coming happens and it starts, guess what? It's going to be the church, the spirit, and the bride say come. So the very first startup, when we hear the second coming, it's going to be Holy Spirit inspired. Isn't that interesting? Okay? So now we have leaders in the church. Jesus' ministry is starting and the Holy Spirit's in the process. Um, uh, the Gentiles are welcomed. And all of these other uh, things that are going on. Acts 1.8. Does somebody have that one? But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Thank you. What one is that one? Our column on the left. The church is born. Isn't it interesting? We have... Jesus' ministry starting, Holy Spirit's present. We have leaders chosen, Holy Spirit is present. We have uh, the church being born, the Holy Spirit is imparting, is imparting power. All of these things, when we see the Holy Spirit working, 
We see it when things are starting out. Isn't that interesting to you? Now, we have a couple more. Genesis 1.1. Have you got that one? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. There we go. Start of creation, the Spirit of God is in the process. Every time these new things are happening, the Spirit of God is in the process. Now we're going to connect these things before long, so don't, don't, uh, don't give up on me yet. John 3, um, five, uh, verse 5, what's that one say? Jesus answered, very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the Spirit. Exactly. And that Acts 2.38 passage, I don't know if I handed that one out or did I? We probably, some of us probably get remember. I think you could. <laughs> Repent and be baptized for the gift. And you'll receive the gift of the Holy So the Holy Spirit is in this startup of a new Christian life. The Holy Spirit's right in the process. That's why this, this workshop was entitled Sacred Startups. Because the Holy Spirit is working when things are starting fresh and new. Now here's what I want you to think about before you leave the room today. Some of you are wanting some new things to start in your life. You're wanting new things to start in the church. You are wanting new things to start in the movement of the churches of Christ. This is where we invite the Holy Spirit in to say, Holy Spirit, Lord, use your Holy Spirit. Help us to start something. Because we're not, we're not really good starters on our own. But through all of these scriptures, we're seeing the Holy Spirit in the process of starting things. So um, let me. here's a picture that I have for you. I want you to think about this. This is... Uh, this is about a 20 second video. And this is what they say about how spark plugs work. You put the spark plug in there, and it's all getting ready, and things are just about ready to go. Whoops. They're actually talking in the, in the background of this video. Um, boom, there the spark plug goes, and everything starts rolling. That's how spark plugs work. Some of you knew that, didn't you? I really think uh, a picture that I have in my mind of the Holy Spirit is this sacred spark plug to get things started, to get things moving and, uh, and going along. Now, uh, let's, let's skip ahead for just a minute. If you do a Google search for the, just the word Holy Spirit, 1.8 million websites. 1.8 million. So... I think there is a hunger. People want to know more because it is kind of mysterious and perplexing, times confusing. And here's pictures. The, the pictures, if you click on the images of the Holy Spirit, we get pictures of doves, and we get pictures of stained glass and fire, all different sorts of things. And, but it's still a little bit hard for us to, to make sense of it all, to figure out how does this, how does this actually work. Um, Jesus said some really interesting things about the Holy Spirit that maybe we just glance over or read over or we don't just really connect. And one of the things he said in John 3 was he says, God gives the Spirit without measure. Which means there's no measurement. He just, he gives the Spirit without measure. So it's okay for us to say, Lord, would you give us uh, more of your Holy Spirit to help our friends with some of the problems that they're facing. 
Um, I mentioned I work around international students and college students. And I, I know a lot of, of uh, verses about why they need to do this or what. And, and honestly, what college students, they don't really care about all of our intricate doctrines. They want to know, how's Jesus going to help me get through my parents' divorce? Or I think I'm going to flunk this chemistry class and I might have to change majors and I'm worried about my student loans when I'm done. Can God help me with that? And what they're wanting to know is how is this God who helps, this Holy Spirit that stands alongside of us, going to help them through their day? So when we maybe ignore or neglect to talk about this ever-present power of the Holy Spirit, Maybe we are really missing what the current generation is hungry for, a God who helps and stands alongside of us. So now let's talk about things that get in the way. Now, I'm, I'm kind of a visual person. Is that okay with you? I'm, I'm just kind of a visual person. So I'm going to show you how I think about this. Um, I think there's stuff that gets in the way of us allowing the Holy Spirit to work in our lives. Uh-huh, go ahead. You mentioned the, the verse, the use of the Spirit without measure. Mm-hmm. What, verse, what passage is that? Can you point that John, out for us? Right? John, John 3, 3, isn't it? Yeah. Um, let's see, it's... Uh, That's in John 3. Do you want to give us the reference so we can write it down? I'm finding it here. Yeah, John 3, 16. I have, to think, I have to think of this in visual terms, because then I can see things. When I see things, then it kind of makes sense to me, all right? So the people down at the cafeteria were kind enough to give me this pitcher of water. And when I think of something that's filled, I think, we just fill it up, right? 334, John 334. Thank you. Jot that down in your notes if you really want to think about something on your drive home. God gives the spirit without measure. Important point here. It okay. says, King James, for he whom God has sent speaketh the words of God, for God giveth not the Spirit by measure unto him. And the King James unto him is, is, is in italics, which means it's added mm-hmm. from the Greek. It's actually in the Greek. Um, okay. And so people have made whole, whole doctrines about that God goes the Spirit only to Jesus uh, without measure. But that, ah. is, that, that is the translator's decision to throw that in. Mm-hmm. He, he, you could say, use it without measure and leave it there like, this, like the Greek does. Mm-hmm. And go from there. Thank you for clearing that up for us. Now let me let me play around with the water for a while. <laughs> this is how I think about this. I brought these two jars with me, and they're really representative of our lives. These jars are representative of our lives. And when we say, "Lord, we I, I like I want you to fill me," it said, "I'm not making this up." Ephesians chapter five says, "Be filled with the Spirit." It's a command. Actually, it's a present passive. We'll talk about it a little bit more. It's the word pleruste, which is a is a, a passive imperative. Um, it's ongoing. So, this is what some of our lives look like. And when we say, "Lord, fill me with Your Spirit," we get about we get about that much. We get about that much. And but when when we are open and available and eager and ready and willing, it just, there's nothing that gets in the way. But some of our lives have this stuff in them where the Bible says, don't grieve, the King James Version says, don't quench the Holy Spirit. 
Now that's a tough one to, to figure out, isn't it? Don't grieve the Holy Spirit. But I'm just wondering, tell me what you think um, gets in the way. This is where you're going to talk it over a little bit more. We're kind of to this section where we have these rocks. What are the rocks in our lives that get in the way when we say, Lord, fill us with Holy Spirit, and, and it just doesn't seem to be happening? What, what do you think... Um, what do you think those are? I'm going to give you one minute. You get one minute to tell the person next to you what gets in the way so that, so that God's spirit just doesn't, doesn't flow freely in our lives and in our hearts. This is a thinking workshop where we're putting things together so we can take them home. Get a minute to talk. All right. Sorry, we only had a minute. This would be this would be a great Sunday school class just to talk about for an hour about how, what this is. But what do you think? What what are the um, what are the things that get in the way so that we just don't have this we don't have this full and complete filling? What gets what gets in the way? What do you think? Physical issues. Okay, physical issues like what? Are you? That maybe the Bible says the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak, yeah. and so it's just tough. What else? Uh -huh. Lack of belief or kind of unbelief. Yeah, isn't that interesting? Is, is uh, remember the story in the Bible where uh, G they uh, they said, "Hey, we want you to do a, 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 some miraculous work here," and Jesus said, "I'm not going to do this here because of, he didn't do it there because of their lack of belief." Mm -hmm. Wow. So, what about? What about that? What, what else do you think keeps the Holy Spirit from working in our hearts and our lives? James says, flesh wars with the Spirit, the Spirit is the flesh. Mm -hmm. He's talking about the, the carnal nature, as, as, as it says, uh, as Ephesians, you know, Galatians 5 talks about, you know, the, the, the works of the flesh, disharmony, mm -hmm. wickedness, and tension. And so you're saying there's some sin that yeah. may get in the way. And you were in the back, you were going to say, uh, what, what were you thinking? Probably self-reliance. Yeah, I think things like pride. Uh, I, I think the lid on the jar is pride. When we say to God, hey, you know, I've got this. And, and we do that a lot, don't we? Yeah. God, you know, I know you're busy with those folks in China because they, they are really needing you over there. And um, we, we really kind of have this. I mean, um, I think wasn't it Rick Ashley that said sometimes we're just so comfortable that we don't need the comforter. Isn't that interesting? So... We have this pride in our lives that says, you know, you know, God, it's okay, I, I've got this. 
Uh, some uh, some friends were planning a new church in uh, Missouri, I think, and I said, "Tell me about all these things about you're going to start this new church. You're going to plant this church in this metro area." Yeah, we've got our PowerPoint things ready to go. We've got our location. We've got the neighborhood uh, kind of figured out, and we've got a few people that are going to come and help us get it going. And and we've got this budgeted money all ready to go, and we've got the chairs and. Never once did he mention, and we've just really sought the Holy Spirit to start this work, this powerful work. They had everything else. And sometimes we're so comfortable that we feel like we don't need the comforter. So pride, I think pride gets in the way. We kind of have this, Lord, so I guess we really don't need you. Isn't it interesting when we're at our wit's end and when we're in the hospital waiting room, that's when our pride goes out the window and says, Lord, if anything's going to happen here, you're going to have to do it. You're going to have to send your spirit. So, uh -huh. I do want to mention this because I think it's important. And certainly the Holy Spirit is at the beginning of things that God is, is going to do. Absolutely. But the thing that, you know, I know members of the church, and probably most of these people have a background in the church. They're good people. Sure. They're absolutely. And the congregation I'm in is a loving congregation. The thing that I would say, the biggest problem that all of the people have in our fellowship we're not knowledgeable but it's not because we're not able to be knowledgeable it's because we don't think we need to be knowledgeable about the spirit we need to be knowledgeable about the word because that's how we receive the spirit but that's not what the word says mm -hmm. and so I, I really believe that that is extremely important for us to understand we don't go to the Bible usually, and we're, you're doing it, so I'm going to shut up. We don't go to the Bible to find out about the Spirit and how He can work in our lives as much as we go to say, this is what the Spirit says to do. Right. But we need to yield to the Spirit for that to happen in our lives. And that, that is another thing that gets in the way. I don't want to yield to the Spirit. I, I, I kind of like being in control. I. Yeah. You know, and have you ever had this? I, I, I just get this every now and then where I'm driving somewhere, I'm stopped at a stop sign or I'm in line at the grocery store or something and somebody's, somebody's name or their face just comes to my mind and I think, I wonder how Justin is doing. And I think, oh, I'll have to check. And, but honestly, I'm wondering, is that the Holy Spirit prompting me to connect with Justin? And uh, he's, he's been battling cancer. And I'm just wondering, if I get up in the morning and I say, Lord, I'm, I'm just going to open my life. I'm going I'm to get this junk out of my jar so it's empty and your Holy Spirit can fill me. I think there's going to be more times in that grocery store line where the Lord says, maybe you should call Justin. Or maybe you should uh, offer to help this other person or something else. So, so anyway, that's just it. So I, I think pride gets in the way, yeah. Uh -huh. The whole conference, last conference was about redeeming the time, and he talked about how he was so busy in his schedule he didn't have time to talk to this homeless person. But then his conscience got the best of him. He said, okay, well, I'll have a little time. And then there more time and more time. Finally, he was able to administer this guy in a big way. He said, what, what, he had all these important things he had to do today. He said, he realized, no, this is the most important thing for you to do is help this gay person. Because he's a human being in the image of God, and right. treat him that way too. And so, Brought in the class during questions, they said, you know, busyness, you know, was it uh, being under the yoke of Satan? And since we sometimes fill ours with busyness, and if, if there's enough busyness, we're bored, so we get our, our adult digital devices and we create even more busyness. So, time to pray. Yeah. And, 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 and you see God in, in the quiet times and the 
that Find is that is so true so some of those things get in the way we're too busy and sometimes we're too preoccupied and I know for for me I think I've, I've kind of studied this out I, I kind of know how this goes and then that just is another rock in the jar where the Holy Spirit is not going to you know but have there been times where you have just you know you've been sitting reading your Bible and maybe you've read it three times or five times or more and you're reading a passage and it just jumps out of the page. Isn't that interesting? Because in, in John 16, it's, it's this, this Holy Spirit's going to teach you these new things. Holy Spirit's going to speak through you. It's so uh, fascinating to see how this works. I, I think pride and control, you can, uh, you can jot some of these down, but I, I think this is not an exhaustive list. Fear what happens if I say tomorrow morning, Lord, I, I just want your Holy Spirit to guide me? That kind of gives me, that gets me off the throne of my life, and, and the Lord is on it, and what's going to happen? And it is scary. The same thing, the, the whole, the, your homeless story was really interesting because uh, when I landed at LAX, I had to uh, stop, and I got some stuff at a, at, a, uh, at a drugstore, and I got some jars and things, and and there was a homeless person there. And when I walked by him the first time, I did what we always do. He said, can you give me a dollar? And I thought, he's gonna use it for something bad. I just kept walking. And then I thought, I'm gonna teach you this class. And I thought, I can't, I couldn't look away. I could not look away. It's, this is what the Holy Spirit's doing to me. It's, it's like, how can you just keep looking away? So I bought some granola bars and I gave him some, something to eat on my way out. I don't know if that was a chicken way out or what, but but I couldn't look away anymore. And I wonder if that's maybe what the Holy Spirit does in, in, in our lives. And, and sometimes comfort. We want things to be fairly comfortable. So um, now this is, uh, uh, if you want to really hack into the Greek, this verse about being filled with the Spirit is the one I wanted you to really think about. And what it says, don't be drunk with wine, which is debauchery, but instead, the word is plerouste, instead be filled. And this word is in the Greek text. It is a... Passive present imperative, which means literally it's a command. And it says, I want you to start to continually be filled. I want you to start to continually be filled day after day after day. Now, in my study, what I've discovered is the gift of the Holy Spirit in Acts 2.38. That's a one-time thing. When we're baptized, we're given the gift of the Holy Spirit. But the filling of the Holy Spirit is this ongoing, continual, instead, uh, it, says, uh, it says, start continually being filled with the Holy Spirit. So I can't really do the picture because I would be in trouble in the classroom. But the picture of the scripture is the pride of our life is gone. And every day, it is the picture never runs dry. It is just continually being filled and overflowed. Hmm. Isn't that a picture of Ephesians chapter 5? Start continually being filled by the Holy Spirit. Hmm. Wow. What is that now I'm starting to think about John that. said, we said, the streams of living water, uh -huh. streams don't just stay stagnant. They push out. It's what you can't fill a, a jar without overflowing. Like, what's the overflow? Mm -hmm. It's when we're, our love of God in us, through joy, we yeah. give to other people. Yeah. Well, we sing about it all the time. You know that new song, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. 
da, 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 da. we sing about it all the time. There's other songs. Um, there's other songs that I listen. In fact, we played a couple while we were getting ready. There's a sweet, sweet spirit in this place. We sing that pretty song. The doxology, praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Uh, as the deer panteth for the water, so my soul, uh, my, my uh, spirit longs for him. Shine, Jesus, shine. Your spirit, shine. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on me. Now, I, um, I'm going to try, I, I want to say this nicely, but I, I don't know if there's any way I can. A lot of times when we say, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here, what we mean is, I would like a nice, warm, caramel latte with my feet up on the, <laughs> up on the chair. And this is, Holy Spirit, you're just welcome here to come in and make me feel warm and welcome. That is not the way it was in the Bible. In fact, they, you know what they said. These guys are drunk. It's, it's, not a warm, it's not a warm Starbucks latte. It, in the Bible, they said, this is a Jack Daniels jar. It's a whiskey. These people are out of control. And they said, oh, no, no, no. You're, you're, you're missing the boat here. They're not out of control. But this is the promise of God of what's going on in these people's lives. And that's where it says they were amazed and confused. So maybe you feel that way after this whole conference. You feel amazed about what we're saying, but you still feel a little bit confused. And that's okay, because that's, that's exactly where they were in the book of Acts in chapter 2. So, so let me tell you a few things how we can kind of wrap this up. Um, I think to be, uh, I'm going to pass through a few of these. Here, here's what I think um, we can do just to get things started. And these, are, these are all come from scriptural references that you can study. In fact, I'm going to send a bunch of stuff home with you if you don't mind. But I think when we start some of our days, we, we've heard these seminars about the Holy Spirit. I just went to one. Scott McKnight had a great job about talking about reconciliation and all these other things. But I think at a personal level, when we want things to start in our own hearts, this is where I think it happens. I think we, start by, we can start our day by saying, uh, Lord, I want through your Holy Spirit, I want you to search me. I want you to just search my heart. Uh, Psalm 139 says, Lord, I, you know, search me and see if there be any wicked way in me. In, in John 16, the Bible says about the Holy Spirit, he will convict the world of sin and righteousness. So we start by saying, Lord, I just want to invite your Holy Spirit to search me. Show me what is wrong and help me get it right. Um, in my journal, I should have brought it. I, don't, I, I left it back in my room. I have a journal, but I, I uh, copied off uh, a, a page of the Internet a list of about 600 sins. And it's, uh, it takes about two pages of, of really fine print. But sometimes when I'm praying, I read through some of those sins. And I think, yeah, I didn't think that was bothering me, but maybe it is. And, or I think, no, I'm good on this one, good on this one. Oh, I, no, I haven't murdered anybody. This la you know, and, and then it comes to pride, and I think, uh-oh. You know, so sometimes I read over this list of sins because I don't see them sometimes. And that's why I invite the Holy Spirit, just search me. Search my heart. Tell me if there be any wicked way in me so that I can be, be cleansed and start. Holy Spirit, teach me. Search me, then teach me. Uh, in John 16, again, it says that he will teach us the truth. He will guide us into the truth. So I remember I work with college students. They're all, all the time saying, you know, one that said, should I marry Sally? And Sally and I have been dating for six months. Should I marry Sally? 
And I said, um, have you pray, you know, what, what, is, what is God showing you in this? Is God leading you this way? Some say, I'm going to graduate in a month. I don't have a job yet. Do you think God will guide me? Do you think God can teach me where he wants me to go serve? Um, one of the people at this conference that I, I had lunch with um, a couple days ago really at a turning point, saying, I, I said, have you ever been to the Bible lectures? Never been here before. And he said, uh, I, the reason I came here is I'm kind of at a turning point. He's a youth minister. He said, I'm at a turning point of where I'm, if I'm going to keep doing this or I'm going to change it. He says, I'm really here just to see if God can teach me and guide me. That's, this is where the Holy Spirit guides us into the truth, John 16. Fill me. Holy Spirit, fill me today. Just fill me. I want this stuff to be out of the way and fill me so that I can be sensitive to those things around me. Just fill me. And I, I don't know what that's going to look like tomorrow, but just fill me. Would you fill me? In, and so that um, I have this boldness or this grace of words that, that really makes sense to people. Um, and I'm trying to remind myself, when it comes to the Holy Spirit's work in our lives, God's promise is an amazing thing. It's free refills. So if tomorrow I ask it again, it's free refills. He gives the Spirit without measure. It's free refills. So it's not like it's going to run out today. There's, it's, it's, it, there's refills tomorrow. Another thing is, change me. The Holy Spirit is a powerful work in sanctification, transforming our lives, transforming our behavior. And um, the, the scripture that, um, that I think I had listed on your sheet here, the transforming work, is 2 Corinthians 3.18. Let me see if I put that on here. And we, and we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. So 2 Corinthians is saying this change agent in our life is this Holy Spirit saying, don't go there. It's like this, it's like this sacred GPS. Don't turn that way. Turn left up here and turn right. Go straight. And when we make a mistake, it's not a judgmental thing. It's just rerouting. You know, God's still going to take us to that place. But it might take us a little bit longer. And the last one that I, I want you to think about was empower me. Um, and we need this. Some of you have friends some, or kids or grandkids that you know just need some. They, they need some words of help. They need some words of encouragement. And when you get there and you think, I don't know what to say. And to pray, Lord, would you just empower me? Um, there, have, there have been times in, uh, in my marriage where things just got crossways. We're too busy. We, we just kind of were strangers passing in the night. And we had to stop and say, Lord, would you empower us to manage our schedules? Would you give us this power and words of grace and truth that we have that we can use for, for each other? So empower me. And this is, if any of you are in a teaching role, you know what I'm talking about. When you get up to speak, and you say, Lord, this is on my own. This will fall flat. All of, my, all of my knowledge and wisdom and abilities can be put all in a thimble, which isn't enough. Lord, would you just empower these words to change people's lives and help me to just step out of the way? Lord, empower us. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Um, 
here's uh, I'll give you I'm just give you a couple stories and, and we'll be done I work with international students and what I do is I launch international student ministries there are thousands and thousands 1.2 million international students from a hundred from 231 nations of the world are in the US now did you know that 70% of them will never see the inside of an American home we just don't, oh. we, don't we don't invite them in this is a, Purdue research says 80% they will not see the inside of a home. So, a few years ago, my wife and I said, Lord, we can't look away anymore because it, it was as though the Holy Spirit was just putting the, the names and faces of students from China, Japan, Korea, uh, Saudi Arabia, Iran, all around the world. I live about eight blocks from a campus. Forty nations are, are within about a ten-minute walk of my kitchen table. So we, uh, I help launch international student ministries, and, and these are places that we've helped either teach a, a year ago at Pepperdine, but Ball State, Penn State, Ole Miss, all these, we're just trying to help reach international students. Well, the, um, the, one of the people at the university called me, it's been a year or so ago, and said, we've got kids from Oman, um, and nobody will take them. And I said, Oman, I said, that's like in Jamaica, isn't it? Because like, I, I know some Jamaica students, they say, I say, where are you from? And they say, oh, man. <laughs> I, I think, I, I thought they were from Jamaica. And, uh, you know, Oman's not in Jamaica. <laughs> it's Saudi Arabia, Yemen, one of the countries that's banned, and then Oman. And they said, nobody will take them. Why? I said, we'll take them, because they're all Muslims. They're Muslim, uh, they're Muslim students. And so I said, we'll take them. So she says, okay, you drive your car down and pick up some kids on Wednesday at 2 or whatever. And uh, these are the girls that we picked up that came over and had supper at our house. Mm. And we stayed in touch with them. And, and um, when they first arrived, I thought, man, I'm really different from them because they have 13 brothers and sisters and they're scared to death. And we're sitting at the table eating rice and chicken. And I thought, what do we talk about? I, I, we don't make any apology for our Christian faith. But we, um, we just openly share what we believe. And these kids just love it. But they ask really hard questions. I mean, as I'm sipping some coffee and eating a little piece of cake at, at dessert, uh, Aliyah on the, on the right says, why do Americans hate us? Why does everyone hate us so much? And this is a conversation at my kitchen table. Why, why, do they all, why, why does everyone hate us? I said, oh, it's not that way. And, and that's when I find myself praying, Lord, it's only by the power of your spirit that I'm going to have words that will minister to her heart. And some of them are reading the Bible now. And I, I can't show this picture anywhere else because their families would be in jeopardy. But when you open your life to say, Lord, just keep filling it. You have no idea where it's going to take you. And now we have Muslims in our home and Koreans like crazy. I'm eating rice and kimchi and and we've we probably have 20 nations coming to our house just to eat. And 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 the night before I came here, we had 25 South Koreans and they've been at the university for a year exchange program. And we just had some nice Korean food and and one kid was graduating. We we helped him celebrate graduation, and I said, of the 25, I said, how many of you have never seen the inside of a home? Half raised their hands. So the, God is bringing the world to our doorsteps. 
and we're not inviting them over for supper. Duh. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to send you home with a few things. Um, there's a reading list on the back of your um, thing, and and uh, I I did a uh, I printed out a, a little bookmark. There's a bookmark that has 33 scriptures of what the Holy Spirit's doing and will do, and it's just a nice reading thing. I, I read through these one a day for for 33 or 33 days, and it was just real insightful. The other thing I did was I'm a real scripture memorizing sort of person. I picked out about a dozen key scriptures on the Holy Spirit, and I made I made little memory cards that are just uh, the, the size of a business card. You can stick them in your purse or in your pocket, and and if you just and actually I kind of put if I get stuck in traffic, I just I stick one uh, kind of on the on the console of my car so I can read them. This one says, "Search me, O God, and know my heart. See if there be and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me, and lead me in the way of understanding." So it invites the Holy Spirit to search us. Like yeah, yeah. So what I'll do is um, I'll just lay these up over there, and he, like here's some bookmarks. I did want to do one last thing, and I know our time is just out, but um, the international students who come to my house said, uh, "Boy, I wish you could make uh, my mom's miso soup or some, you know, all this crazy food from foreign countries." And uh, I said it'd be nice to make a little cookbook, and so. They made a cookbook called Flavors of the World, and this is the, in fact, even the pictures of the kids who put the recipes in here said, this is what I miss from home, in, and, and it has their names, you know, Maria was from Bogota, Colombia, and here's some from braised Japanese radish from Japan, and uh, here's Eun Kung Lee from South Korea, some, some special kind of soy sauce, rice, Indian chicken. Anyway, whose birthday is closest to today? This is May 4th? Four. Yeah. Whose birthday is closest? Today is your birthday! Well, you get to try spicy kimchi. This is so fun. It's so fun to do. So anyway, um, anyway, thanks for paying such close attention. You've listened a long time. Let's say a quick prayer and, and, uh, and uh, dismiss. Uh, Lord, we're just so grateful for the promise and the power and the presence of your Holy Spirit. Uh, forgive us for the times we've been too prideful or, or comfortable. And just help us, Lord, to get rid of some of the things that get in the way and allow you to fill us uh, abundantly to overflowing. Thank you, Lord, for not giving up on us. And we pray for you to empower our words and our examples with those around us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for coming.